0: Welcome to the Gamer's Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. Looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Ryan, and joining me this week is my guest co-host, Manny. How's it going, Manny?
1: It is going so well. This has been a fantastic week, so I'm really happy that I get to talk so much about this stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. uh, uh, We're just coming off BlizzCon. Uh... I I I wasn't there. That shouldn't surprise anyone at home. Now did you didn't go either or were you there? I I I I actually honestly can't say from from Twitter because it was such a whirlwind weekend. Um did you end up going or no?
1: No, unfortunately I didn't end up going. I really wanted to. I I had made plans. I had uh secured tickets and airfare and everything and then unfortunately just real life gets in the way sometimes so i was remote uh watching it getting in on the excitement but didn't get to go this year next year 2024 that's my year
0: there you go 2024 it sounds like you know just as a tease for our discussion it sounds like if you're a warcraft fan any blizzcon for the next six years sounds like a pretty good time to go uh next year especially might be a lot of fun as they as they continue to delve into what they've uh, announced um this year and uh yeah 2024 sounds like a great year to attend blizzcon uh it was a it was a major weekend with blizzcon and extra life happening on the same day and uh we'll talk about all of that in just a little bit but i wanted to kick off the show uh with a, something completely different not blizzard a blizzard game because we're going to be talking a lot about a blizzard game. Actually the top of the show is going to be a bit of a grab bag because it's all different stuff. Um, but I've been playing a game that just uh, came out this week called the invincible. Uh, I've been playing it on PlayStation five. I was uh, lucky enough to be able to get a, a code from the PR agency to, to talk about this one. And um, it, it is a game I crave between, you know, larger experiences. Like you need something that is completely different and a little more laid back, and a little easier to approach than, say, another Spider-Man 2 experience, or Cyberpunk 2077, or Baldur's Gate 3, or insert giant triple A, uh, you know, hundred-hour experience. I like to have some bite-sized content, some digestible content that I that I know that I'm going to enjoy and. I really love uh story driven adventures that are like sort of um more narrative experiences like there's obviously gameplay there as you're exploring the environments and stuff but like the core focus is just telling like this really interesting story and the invincible certainly has that and I had no idea, but it's actually based on a sci-fi novel um i'm gonna I'm gonna butcher the name, but it's uh by Stanislaw Lem uh, maybe I did pretty good I don't know but uh, this one's available on uh, Steam, PlayStation and uh, I believe Xbox as well. but either way, I played it on PlayStation. I have the pulse headset on I'm really enjoying it and essentially it is a sort of a uh, it's an adventure set in this like really hard sci-fi world where you play as a scientist named uh, Yasna and you're exploring Regis 3. So you're on this like unknown planet it's like this desolate planet a lot of it it is very desert like really rocky but it has like these unique elements of uh you know the skylines and the atmosphere as you look up it's very beautiful pretty sure it's unreal five and it's just stunning as you're moving through this environment and i love a good sci-fi story um and this one certainly has that plus mystery manny can't go wrong with mystery especially in sci-fi
1: the way you're describing it with like that kind of graphics, that kind of mystery and stuff, that seems like a really good game to immerse yourself in.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So I'm playing on the big screen, got my headphones on and you know, it's kind of like, uh, I'm not trying to diminish um, the experience, but it's kind of like playing through a movie, but not in the sense that you're playing like a, like a Netflix game where you're doing a choose your own adventure. It's more like you're, you're 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 set in this you know the scenery and you're moving through the environment and you're progressing uh through the story by finding clues essentially like the the story here is that you're on this planet you you uh you have amnesia i mean that that shouldn't surprise anyone at home uh that seems to be a common trope with stories and uh you you seem to have lost your memory as to what's happened to you on this planet but you know you need to find your crew and get off off planet and that's sort of how it how it sort of begins. And um, from there you have like this, you have like a journal and the game does, has this really cool mechanic where as the player character is discovering things through their various tools, they have a sort of like a a telescope thing that allows you to like interact with the environment by looking and seeing further out and and seeing um, points of interest and, and determining like when you're trying to determine where you want to walk next And there are, there's a tracker which can kind of pinpoint, uh, you know, um, your crewmates that you're looking for. And it's, this is all, it's all story driven. So it's not like it's a dynamic world where you're trying to find things. It's story driven in the sense that the character will say like, all right, we're looking for this person. Let's pull up our tracker. Oh, they're on the tracker. You know, it's like, it's not a, it's not as dynamic as like, say, um, like an open world game would be it's 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 a story driven game it's not a it's not a fault it's just the type of game it is and um obviously there's this mystery as to like where are your crew why don't you remember how you got to the planet and it's a shorter experience game and I, i think uh it's it's labeled as like a five to six hour experience um, it's $30 U S on, on steam at least. And, uh, but there's some other stuff going on. There's some, there's the mystery and I'm not going to spoil any story outside of like sort of the, the initial premise, but, uh, it's a first person sort of story driven game as you're moving through these environments and you're trying to sort out just what's going on and where your where your crew is. And like, it is. And there's and there's also a an unforeseen threat. Like you don't know what's there. There might be other things going on that you're not aware of, as you uh, travel through Regis Three. Um, it is it is such a fantastic experience. It's just like a, a. It's such a nice break game, you know, from all the big heavy hitters that I've been playing over the last couple months. And um, and even for folks who who may be interested in you know BlizzCon and Getting back in Diablo, playing a lot of World of Warcraft. Like, if you're looking for something that is like completely different, but has that like hard sci-fi edge, very science based. There's a lot of science talk in this. I think they really try to like lean into the the science of the science fiction and uh talk a lot of science. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure if it's accurate or not. I'm not a scientist, um, but I play one in this video game. And it is just, it's, it's, it is really cool. It's been a really fun experience to just like relax and and play this game. Although there are moments that are not quite as relaxing because it's, you know, there's some scary stuff in there too. I got, I got jump scared at least once, I think so far, if I remember correctly, (laughs) I got in trouble when I don't tell Jocelyn if there's jump scares. So
1: there is a jump scare. Yeah, there's there's a few jump scares in it. That's yeah. that's very cool. I like. I think it's good to have those like kind of refresher games, just like not even a palate cleanser, but like that change of pace. Just so you like, we've all been through those big, big, epic hundred hour games. So to have something that's you know the five six hours that you're saying there, and you get like a complete experience, that sounds awesome.
0: Yeah, and a complete story too. You know, to go from beginning, middle, end. And like I said, all the environments just look superb, like you're walking through and and it's got a photo mode. So when you go into the photo mode, you can kind of like detach the camera from the character and go from a a first person to a third person view and kind of move everything around. And uh, we'll probably end up using one of those shots for the for the artwork for for the uh, for for the show. But it's just it's uh, it is amazing. And again, I'm playing on PlayStation uh, five on the big screen, and it's just it is so cool moving through these environments and the sound design is also really good. Like all the voice acting I thought was really well done. Um all of the uh sound effects for, you know, the different machines and the different, you know, tools you're using. Um the way the the game describes itself is sort of like an atom punk sort of style for the tools and the machinery you're you're inter- interacting with. I think like to kind of go to like a more triple a known experience like you might look at like the fallout series and how they sort of portray their tech like more of a um uh i don't even know like it's like a it's like a 60s futuristic style like jetsons or um uh, what's that it was an apple tv plus show i never watched it but it, it reminded me a lot of fallout i think it was about like colonizing the moon or something
1: okay so it's got a very near future sort of thing where there's still like a kind of a feel of mechanics and like impact to the uh, to their future tech instead of like laser beams and high sci-fi
0: yeah yeah like there's not like this especially early on in the game like it's very focused in on this crew that is exploring this planet for scientific reasons like you're there you're there to learn more about this planet like the story doesn't set it up much more than that than i mean you're playing the scientist um and you're on the planet to kind of like learn more about what's going on uh on regis 3 and and i think it's just about it's about exploration but obviously stuff goes wrong because that's what happens when you explore too many planets you eventually find regis 3 and (laughs) shit goes down i guess um But yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And again, like if you're looking for something that is story driven, you know, simple approach, uh, first person sort of navigating game um, with some uh, slight puzzles. There's there's some puzzle mechanics in there. There's some, you know, problem solving. But I I think my favorite part of the game is just the way that the journal dynamically updates as your character learns more. Um, There was a specific moment where you were finding the crew. And you're trying to find your last crew member and you find a bunch of torn journal pages. And as you're picking up the journal pages, you're describing them to, uh, the person up on, uh, up in the space station above you, who's trying to help you get home and saying like, okay, well they actually like reported everything. Like the person who was out exploring was reporting where they were going, uh, to this person here that we found. So we have their journals and we can kind of tell like the, the, um, the journey they took and it's all like labeled in your journal. And then dynamically as you're moving through the environment, your character's like, Oh, here's point one where the character said that they, they reached a, a, a bridge in the, or a fork in the road and they went to the right. And then the next thing they saw, they saw a big tree. It's like, okay, we found it. And I'm simplifying again to, to avoid spoilers, but it was really cool as your character went through that and like dynamically would check the journal and kind of, you can, Uh, point to the thing you're looking for. Okay, here's point three, we're here, what's the next point? And it's kind of a bit of like a, like a little, it's light puzzle solving, but it's like narrative puzzle solving. And it's a, it's a very cool uh, experience. And the the controls are very, uh, very basic, like move around, um, approach ledges to climb them. Um, You're moving a cursor around the screen Uh, when you're interacting with your journal, it's all tied to the D pad to pull up your tools. Um, and then there are like, uh, context sensitive, uh, you know, moments in the game where you're like, as you're looking around, you'll see a point and then you hit the R2 button and that'll like either trigger some dialogue or a tool to sort of interact with that moment. Like say you're trying to look off into the horizon and you see a thing, it'll pull up your telescope and you can kind of look at it. And then your character. will talk about it. And as I said, all the VO, all the voice acting, all the all the sound and music. It's it's just really, it's really top notch. And I played, I've played it all with uh, with headphones on, and I've been really enjoying it. So if you're looking for a break, if you're looking to you know set down the large you know big giant experiences and want something that is um, a really cool story that feels different from from other stuff you might have been playing recently. I definitely recommend uh, The Invincible. So check it out. It's a really cool story. And uh, again, like if you're if you're big into sci fi, this is definitely one to check out. Now, so Manny, I'm wondering, how do you feel about The Legend of Zelda?
1: I have been a big fan of Legend of Zelda. Like I have played so many of the old ones. I haven't played the most uh, recent two. So like Skyward Sword and um, Breath of the wild i'm sorry yeah. like, and tears yeah. of the kingdom tears of king yeah so i haven't i haven't played those okay um but i i've played so many back catalog all the way from like old nintendo links awakening on game boy all of that so i'm a big big zelda fan
0: well that's good because uh you have another way to enjoy zelda very soon because it sounds no doesn't sound like it. it's happening it's not a rumor anymore Nintendo announced that they're teaming up with Sony to make a live-action Legend of Zelda movie. How does that make you feel?
1: (laughs) That is really crazy. I thought that they would go more CGI, like the Mario movie, if they had gone along that route. But of all the Nintendo franchises, Zelda is the one that most lends itself to live-action. Like, if you think Star Fox, if you think uh, Metroid... Like those, those I don't think would quite go over to live action. In fact, the first Mario movie that I remember was live action, and I don't like talking about that. Um, so I am really happy to see, to hear this news that Miyamoto puts out the post. I saw that, that, uh, being retweeted. And yeah, just like did a little, did a little scream, did a little like a, ooh. Um, and it's the right time, too, because these adaptations that we're, we've we been getting now have been faithful to the original sources. Uh, they're respectful of those those sources. And so I think we're going to get a good one. This is this isn't going to be uh, I'm Mario Mario. I'm Luigi Mario sort of thing. I'm, I'm going to keep trashing on that movie if I keep going <laughs> anyways. So I, I'm, I'm excited. Very excited. I want to see what they're going to do.
0: Yeah, um, this news broke. Uh, it, it was a really busy day. And I kind of missed everything except for this. And I knew we were going to talk about BlizzCon, and I was like, well, there's no way we could we could ignore this and wait a week to talk about it. Um, obviously, there's been rumblings that, you know, a Zelda movie was in the works. We were unsure as to whether it would be live action or animated, as you said, or whether it would even, like, whether it would be with Universal, which has a huge partnership with, with Nintendo, um, with their work, uh, uh with the the um, shows, what not shows? Uh, I'm never. Uh, what are they called? Theme parks. There, I got oh, it. Right, I got yeah. there. <laughs> Theme parks. Um, but partnering with Sony was uh pretty surprising, and not at all because of the whole PlayStation thing. Sony Pictures is completely separate. That didn't. That didn't even cross my mind until my brain just just did that. But um. I guess I just didn't see Sony uh, dipping into a video game franchise that wasn't theirs in the sense that they are, have their hands so busy adapting um, their other projects. But you know, it kind of makes sense. Like I guess maybe Nintendo saw what Sony's been doing with their with their adaptations, and Sony obviously has a huge um, huge production in terms of their Sony Pictures label. But uh, working with uh, Avi Arid, uh, who's known for a lot of the Spider-Man films, uh, producing the Spider-Man films, both good and bad ones. Um, but he was all involved with the Tom Holland ones, uh, throughout, but, uh, no news on casting, but we did get a director. Um, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, I think it was Wes Ball, I think his name was, but he was, he's
1: known for the Maze Runner do you know what that is? <laughs> Maze Runner. Um honestly, when I think of that, I'm thinking of the the um along the lines of the Hunger Games. Yeah. There there was another young adult uh series which I think was Maze Runner. I don't quote me on that. It's just it's a passing reference for, for me. But I don't recall anything that, like, that I was like, oh, I've got to, I've got to watch that. It's a little odd
0: because, so I'm wondering why it was so familiar because now I remember, so The Maze Runner was a movie that I jokingly um, suggested to folks who were uh, coming to my wedding in 2014. Like, if you wanted to go see a movie, you could go see The Maze Runner. Um, I don't think anyone went to see The Maze Runner, but West Ball uh, doesn't have, doesn't have a... Oh, he's done three Maze Runner movies, supposedly. So there you go. He's known for all the Maze Runner uh, movies. So that's what he's, that's what he's done. Because um, I was kind of thinking like, well, what else has he done? The last movie he directed was in 2018, which was Maze Runner The Death Cure. Uh, and oh, wow. He's also working on he was director for Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, which just got a trailer. I, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I guess he was he was involved with that one as well. So he's, he's definitely working he's got a lot of big projects and maybe that's why, uh, cause isn't Sony kingdom? No, that would be 20th century Fox, wouldn't it? Or well, just 20th century now. Um, but either way, like I, I, I don't, I don't base a, I don't base like, I want to see the movie before I get all worried about it. I don't really worry about, you know, what director they got, like I'm sure he'll do fine. Um, but it sounds like Deadline Hollywood is also reporting that Jurassic World writer Derek Connolly is writing the script. So that's that's good. Someone's writing the script, which is which is good, because I'm like I'm wondering now, like, OK, you've got a director. It sounds like someone's writing it. They've been working on it for many years now. Is this a project we see in 2025? Do we see casting next year? Like, um, it's it's pretty easy to develop uh, an animated film behind the scenes and announce stuff when you're ready like they did with the Mario movie uh mm-hmm. but for live action stuff like it's kind of tough to keep that under wraps you know like they announce a lot of that casting pretty early um i think marvel is a pretty good example of outside of the fantastic 4 film which has not seen its casting uh, announced yet but uh casting is usually announced one of the first things to get announced for like the main stars so like Obviously a lot of people have spent a lot of time fan casting this franchise for quite a while. Do you like do you see the casting being something that gets an, gets announced next year and then the internet loses it for a year like they did with Chris Pratt as Mario?
1: I okay, Chris Pratt was just doing a voice and and arguably um despite the fact that that film was great, his voice didn't feel Mario. When they when they cast this I hope that they cast people based on not on, directly on how they look, but how they can act. That they get these people together. Like, there will be times where you'll get somebody. Tom Holland, right? You'll get Tom Holland, and they'll put him in Dune, and people will be like, huh? That, really? Or, like, uh... Or, sorry, rather, they'll they'll put it... They'll put him in, like, everything. and And so people will ask about that. He wasn't actually in Dune. He was in, like, um the, he was Drake in, uh, right? And, like, it's just, it's one of those, like, huh, that seems, that seems like a weird thing, and then they'll put Zanata, she went into, uh, into, uh, Dune. And then when I see it, I'm like, actually, that is quite good. That is, they did a great performance, and sure, they don't look exactly like what was in my head, so... I know everybody's going to be looking at them and and doing side-by-side comparisons of how this person looks like Zelda or this person looks like Link. This person looks like Ganondorf, but I just, I just want to see how the story goes. Cause that's, what's really going to uh, sell me at the mm. end of this.
0: Yeah. And that is a good question that I think everyone goes to casting. When you have a movie, like that's the first thing people talk about, but like the core difference between, Zelda and Mario is like, you don't obviously like, I wonder what Mario story they're going to adapt. Is it the one where he's on vacation or the one where he is uh, saving the princess from Bowser? I wonder which, which one they're going to do. Um, but with Zelda, you kind of have a few options and I'm trying to think like, what would be the most interesting? Do you do Ocarina of time, which seems to be everyone's go to do a little time travel, do a little, uh, you know, um, well, yeah, that one, that like time travel, you like you, the bad guy winning you coming back from seven years, you know, yelling at a sword and then you, you save the day. Like, do you do that one? Do you do Ocarina of Time? Is that the is that the one that best fits into a two hour film?
1: Oh, that's the beauty of it, because Zelda and the the struggle keeps on showing up in different generations and nobody can ever figure out the full timeline of of Zelda so you make a new entry and you have all the um iconic races you have all the iconic uh, memorable pieces of it to make it definitively Zelda. But you write your own story that works for the cinema. And so make sure that the Triforce is involved. Make sure that uh, that the uh, Master Sword is involved. Make sure that you have all these elements that make Zelda Zelda. But write it that it works on the screen. And I think that Zelda is the perfect game to get away with that because there isn't one hard, fast uh, story like if you made a Mass Effect movie, you've got to make Mass Effect Commander Shepard, all of uh, all of that like start to finish. But if you do a Zelda uh, Zelda story, you can make it have like you know Twilight Princess. You could uh, elements from that. You can have it like allude to all this sort of stuff, but have its own story that is definitively Zelda. That then just becomes canon as part of uh, part of the. Um, history of the conflict for the triforce and I think it'll be and people will love it as long as it has the right references.
0: Right. And that's you know that's kind of what they did with the Mario movie. They they made their own they did, they did their own take on the mythos of of Mario and you know it could could work as a game story and it but it works as a hour and a half film. And I think you're right like with Zelda you're kind of set up in a way where as long as you have those archetypes of like Link, Zelda, Ganondorf, Triforce, Hyrule, um, a talking owl—you're all set, you know. And I think that would, and it makes it a lot easier to fit a story into two hours as opposed to trying to adapt a twenty to forty-hour game. Um, as much as you might like to see Wind Waker adapted to, you know, a, a movie it kind of wouldn't work. Like you'd, you'd have to condense it a lot. Cause that's a large game It's spread out. There's a lot of mechanics that kind of like, you know, make the game longer than it needs to be. So yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. And I, I, after the Mario movie and the fact that Nintendo has been so involved with these projects, like they're even like, you know, they're backing it with 50% financing alongside Sony. So like they're putting their money, where their, uh, where their IP is, (laughs) you know, It, it, they are not just licensing this and walking away. They are, they are at the table, uh, as well as Sony is too. So they both make bank if this does well. So they, they want it to do well. And, uh, I think we've seen with tears of the kingdom and breath of the wild that Nintendo is very eager to build, um, to keep this franchise going. That's been around for over 30 years. So, um, I'm actually staring at the Amiibos that I forgot I ordered. They're sitting on my desk here. Uh, <laughs> I got like two emails from Best Buy. It's like, hey, your shipments have uh, been sent out. I was like, oh my God, what did I what did I forget to cancel? And I, I forgot those Amiibos were coming out. It's November, if anyone at home didn't realize. So it's here. Um, and alongside that, in November, before we get to BlizzCon, Extra Life happened. We had Extra Life game day. I wanted to thank Everyone who stopped in on Saturday, November 4th to uh, watch us play video games. We played video games all day in support of Children's Miracle Network hospitals around the world, played some really fun games, Party Animals. Big shout out to Party Animals. If you have not checked that one out, find some friends, play that one, and we will be setting up another um, Extra Life session for Party Animals. So definitely play with us. If you have a chance, Manny. I don't know if you had a chance. I know you probably do some like post-rating non wow. I know Dead by Daylight has been the go-to, but like party animals, suggest it. I think you guys will love it.
1: Okay. Alright. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go through that. But yeah, you guys do so much good work with your extra life that you put to the uh, to like such a great cause. And uh, I know um you guys streamed on joss's channel uh this week i i wish i had a chance to pop in uh, pop in for it but uh i know you guys keep going through till the end of the the end of the year right
0: yes yep so we'll have events we'll take a couple weeks to regroup It, it you know streaming we did not stream for 24 hours it was about 10 or 11 hours and um it was exhausting coming off a cold right into extra life it was uh it was a lot but um we did have a lot of fun, and we streamed on Jocelyn's channel, and there will be streaming events on different channels uh, from across the team from now until the end of December. Donations close December uh, 31st. Definitely check out the uh, the team, bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2023. I have to update it, but uh, over the coming weeks, we'll look to add some more events. Um, uh, I know Travis is going to run some, some streams, uh, quoted Nevermore, Uh, is looking to set some stuff up with some co-op games and uh, we'll obviously have our holiday event uh, to cap things off before the holiday break Uh, that one's scheduled for friday december 15th or around there so uh yeah lots of fun still to be had and i think oh what was our current uh what what did we end on where are we at now i think we're definitely over 50 percent towards our team goal but so far we have raised $2,833, two thousand eight hundred and thirty three dollars all for charity. so yes, uh, it was a very good day, raised a lot of funds but there's still still some time to go. a lot of team members uh, some team members on the on the roster are still working towards their goal so definitely check that out. Uh, we'll have more events as I said leading to the end of the year. Um, now before we get to BlizzCon, I did want to thank our patrons patreon.com slash the gamers in. If you want to support the show directly, that's the best spot to do it. We really appreciate everyone's support through Extra Life, through Patreon. It helps. Every little bit helps. So we really, really do appreciate it. That's patreon.com slash thegamersin. Now, big BlizzCon. BlizzCon 2023, uh, November 3rd and 4th, uh, uh, just this past weekend. And um, kind of announcements across most of the of the of the franchises, um, Starcraft was mentioned by Phil Spencer. <laughs> I think that's about it, you know. Uh, but that's fine because uh, Blizzard has a lot on their plate. I understand, and I know a lot of folks at home will be like, "Ryan, it's not fine though. It's not fine at all." And I'm like, "Well, we'll get back there. We'll get to it. Um, and then you, you'll have another uh, gift to use that it, it is uh, another Starcraft char- character going." hell, it's about time, you know? So we could use an update on that, I think. Hopefully it won't take 15 years, but be good to have an update on that.
1: Yeah, but the fact that he mentioned it, though, is, like, gives give some people hope, and I think that there, there was a couple of things where it was just ahead of this that we got, like, oh, our first, like, POTS update, Hero of the Storm, got an up, uh, an update, and people were like, wait, what, is it coming out of, like, hibernation? Uh that sort of stuff. Like, I think we might see so much more coming from blizzard, but th- they did have so much that they had to talk about. It makes sense that some of it got squeezed out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like blizzard is a big company and obviously they're now owned by an even larger company now with the, with the acquisition going through. And I did watch uh Phil Spencer's sort of section of the, of the speech. He gave about a three minute talk. And, um, I think that meant that was a big deal to have them, uh, to have him out there and, and sort of address, uh, them joining the xbox family and and kind of just saying that he's excited to 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 see what blizzard does uh with xbox and and to continue to to get you know continuing with the with the message of like you know video games are for everyone you know it's not just for xbox it's for everyone so continuing down the, and leading that that sort of um that approach that he's he's been saying is 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 core to the way he wants to run xbox uh so where do we want to start here? Do we want to start with uh, with Overwatch Two because that was sort of the like how the show sort of kicked off, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's start with Overwatch Two. I thought that it it was really cool to have the the artist come out and it, his name was Dion, I believe. He just had just this nervous smile, but so much genuine energy to him that I like. I, I instantly fell in love. This guy. Sold me on Overwatch 2. I was I was out of Overwatch 2, but between him and their new hero, uh MAGA, who is like the uh, this like big tank hero, uh larger uh, not larger than life, big smile, big energy. Like he was too much in exactly the right way. And with like that kind of like personality and the genuine like care and affection that they said. I almost forgot that we're not, they said nothing about any kind of PVE stuff, but this, this hero, they announced it. And then it said, Hey, right after the opening, uh, opening announcement, it's going live out to everybody at at home. So yeah, it's out there. I really want to, I really want to play this, but that wasn't all they had to announce. They also said that they were going to be, doing a new pvp mode clash which is sounds like well they they described it as a point control where there were different points and if one team captures all the points they win that's it all the marbles but obviously capturing all of those points is going to be very hard because the opposite team is going to be uh, contesting those points and then eventually one team will get enough score and they'll win so it seems like stuff that we've seen in other shooters like i love this was my favorite kind of play mode that I played in uh, Halo when I was playing in Halo. Really yeah. glad to see it come to Overwatch. And it feels different than the entire push sort of stuff that they've had, where you can't have the entire team in one spot.
0: Right. Yeah, that's true. I remember playing Clash in Halo and and really enjoying it. And it felt um, felt like it mixed things up in terms of how how you were approaching a map and, and other characters on that map. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't had a chance to actually play Overwatch 2 just yet. Uh, they obviously didn't touch on the whole PV thing. They're obviously trying to put that behind them because they've already addressed it. And I think, I think that's, that is perfectly fine. Um, they did, however, talk about like the updated systems for progression and stuff. And I got the sense that that was well received. Like it sounded like they had addressed some feedback folks had and that they didn't know whether they were ranking up or or how their wins and lo- like, there was almost like a time, a weird time, amount of time that had to pass before they could tell whether their progress was working or not like it sounded like the system was a little it it did not work very well so the fact that they're reworking it here makes makes sense to me um because if you are focusing in on pvp you kind of have to make sure that that progression system works well
1: yeah you're right like if you're focusing on pvp you got to make sure that progression works but every time there are these games where it's ranking up and everybody has their, like, oh, I'm in MMR hell, I've got the entire, like, I'm stuck in bronze or I'm stuck in gold and I can never rank up. It happens in every one of these games. Uh, So, like, without being deep into it, I wouldn't be able to tell you if it was, like... Like, obviously, they found that it had enough credit that they are actually making these uh, updates, right? But for me... It wasn't the stuff that drew me as much. I'm glad that it's there. But the fact that the game seems to revolve around their season pass now, um, I'm more hoping that we just get fun content that people can jump in and jump out because they've, they're have they changing their entire um, competitive scene and their esports scene is going to be changed. And I think that they got to sort of refresh the ranks. They've got to bring in uh, new players. They've got to cater to like a broader player base so that it doesn't just become, I play Counter-Strike and I try and jump back in to Counter-Strike every once in a while. And uh, it is vicious to jump into Counter-Strike after being away for a bit because you will be rusty. But the only people that are there are people who have just fundamentally been living on that game and, they will tear you apart and it's a hard learning curve. And I know Blizzard doesn't like that. So they got to keep people coming back. And I, I'm glad that this did it for me. I'm hoping that they can put out more to keep people uh, playing or returning.
0: Mm. And I mean, it's free to play. I mean, like it's not, there's nothing, there's nothing to lose to even try it out. And I've, I've thought about booting it up on the console. Cause I feel like that would be a, a really fun experience uh, being like more of a hero shooter and, I like the ideas of sort of, they talked about, obviously they talked about Mauga, um, but uh, they also teased their 2024 heroes venture and quote unquote space ranger. They haven't named the character yet, but um, I love their characters. That's my, my favorite thing about overwatch. Honestly, like uh, I love seeing their character announcements and their character trailers. And I love that whole world. And I mean, if we're looking at, we're looking at talking about movie adaptations. I know it has been said multiple times, but Overwatch would make a really cool uh movie. Some might say they've they've lost that opportunity in terms of like hitting the timing right, but um it's never too late, you know. So, uh They
1: haven't hit it at the height, but if they were to do something like Arcane, where they did a like a little mini series that came out and it was on like Netflix or Hulu or whatever, right? It would instantly pull people back in and people would love it because those characters are what sells overwatch to me they're so good and when they do these little shorts everybody's just like pass me the tissues that was wonderful that was great i want to know more and so that's why i want to see the pv mode or i want that movie or i want that miniseries because yeah you're right it's there's so much there that people want to see
0: yeah hopefully they can apply some of the story that they were looking i know they did say they were they were going to salvage the story of what they were working with the pve mode and into other stuff so um i know they said they were just going to leave it on the cutting room floor because there was a lot of well that's to me that was what the pve mode was supposed to be was was stories told for overwatch 2 you know that was sort of the the pitch um so maybe we'll see more of that, but so far it continues to be their, their, their is on PVP, PVP and more characters and all that fun stuff. Um, the next game they talked about briefly, they had Rod Ferguson on stage to talk about Diablo four. Uh, they talked about the new season, but also the fact that the first expansion as rumored is due out in late 2024 and it is called vessel of hatred. So Sounds like they're going real light and fresh for this expansion, lightening things up, you know, no vessel of hatred sounds (laughs) uh, like more, (laughs) more doom and gloom for the Diablo world. It's so far. It doesn't look like the sun will be shining um, in that universe, Uh, but uh, you'll be returning to um, a jungle region that was featured in uh, a previous Diablo game. I think, I don't know if they said it was Diablo, Diablo 2. Two. Yeah. Yep. And we're gonna face Mephisto. Turns out you didn't do a good job in Diablo Two. Mephisto's back.
1: You did the best job you could. Honestly, this is the natural <laughs> progression of the uh, the story. Like they they led right into this. Oh. Cool. Uh, so like this is not coming out of left field. This is uh, this is something I actually expected them to touch on sooner. The fact that it's coming. 20 end of 2024 is actually surprising because I thought it was something that they would touch on in the seasonal stuff. Because the season stuff is supposed to have story that progresses stuff, but really it's just being sort of like, uh, we're gonna put a- together enough of a story to explain what this new mechanic is and not really moving the story forward. So I'm glad that the expansion is, go- is now hitting on this and we're moving forward. Season one with the malignant uh did not hit well. A lot of people are, were upset about it. The fact that they're doing so many shifts to kind of reverse that trend for season two hopefully means that Diablo is going to go strong and they can keep these seasons going through until they get to Vessel of Hatred. But the things that they were putting in Vessel of Hatred um looks really good to the point where I'm like, I, I want it sooner. I want it sooner. Diablo Diablo's expansion cannot come s- soon enough. I want to hear more about it, but they were really they were really uh, tight lipped about about stuff beyond just a first glance on this.
0: Mm. Yeah, it was the trailer and um, I didn't watch any of the panels, but I assume there might have been like a panel probably focused on the season, I guess not on the expansion. This was just an announcement.
1: No, no, no. They they actually did the Season of Blood stuff and pushed it ahead of BlizzCon so that oh. they could focus more on this Vessel of Hatred, but because it's so far out, they they didn't go super into the nitty-gritties, and Diablo Diablo really focuses on those nitty-gritties. It's stuff that, like, if you're not into the game, it's just gonna go over our heads. Like, when they talk about, like how quickly your loot acquisition is, how qui- uh, how quickly uh, you can skill up and, and that sort of stuff. If you don't play Diablo, it's like, the words are somewhat lost on me or on, uh, on anybody else, but Diablo is all about that loot grind. And so when they're addressing that stuff, when they're making legendaries more powerful, when they're switching some of the stuff from malignants into rings that you can e- equip, like that's, Big oohs and ahs for the crowd means nothing to me, unfortunately.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. I um and I feel like, you know, with this late 2024 timed with, you know, the seasons that they've been releasing pretty steadily since release, but also the 20, the probably mid to early 2024 uh release on Game Pass. I, I feel like you've got a you got a good recipe there to keep um that world alive and well until this expansion launches at the end of the year. Um, the biggest tidbit for me, though, with this expansion was a completely new class never seen before in the Diablo universe. Um, that's exciting because I feel like since Diablo three, you've kind of seen a lot of like rehashes of previous. I mean, you have four Diablo games, so like there's a lot of classes that have released across those four games that have seen revisions Um I, I'm not a big enough player to be able to tell you, like, what I, what is the most recent new one. But I feel like they're all kind of based on ones that have come before, either in expansions or previous games. So this is kind of exciting that we might get something completely different, um, or at least new. So
1: Yeah, like, it, I just I'm hoping that it is genuinely new and not technically new. It's like if you have, like, a witch doctor, which summons toads and totems and that sort of stuff, versus, like, the necromancer, which summons, like skulls and skeletons and ghouls—they fit a very similar niche. So yes, the necromancer is the original one, and the, the witch doctor is the second one. But there's a lot of overlap in those roles. So I'm hoping when they say something new, we're not just getting like instead of a mage, it goes to sorcerer. Instead of a sorcerer, we have like an uh, an evoker. We'll see what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So, um. Our next game here is Hearthstone. Uh, You and I had a bit of a pre-show chat about like, I thought they usually announce expansions previous to BlizzCon, but the announcement at BlizzCon seemed to be like they were announcing it for the first time. But you were telling me there was like some um, pre-show, pre-BlizzCon sort of shenanigans that went on when it came to Showdown in the Badlands.
1: Yeah. So like going into BlizzCon... All of this was, like, basically an unknown. Everybody was, like, you know, there was everybody putting out fake spoilers, but nothing confirmed. Nothing confirmed. And then, unfortunately, Blizzard's website puts out a uh, the new merch, and part of the new merch was a t-shirt for the new Hearthstone is- expansion, Shadows in the Badlands. It's like, whoops. And it got taken down the same day. So, unfortunately confirmed ahead of time. But then... A day or two later, the official stuff started coming out. And so there's a question in my mind of, is that them just saying, let's roll with it, whatever? Or is that them, uh, what it was supposed to be, and that t-shirt was supposed to only show up after they started actually announcing this stuff. But regardless, they put out the, uh, this stuff in in Hearthstone, and it wasn't just the new expansion, which was cool, and they did a, a deep dive ab- about it afterwards. But it was the other stuff that was coming with it. The catch-up packs are, and not the condiment, which you've put in the notes (laughs) here. (laughs) Uh, Like, the ability to catch up your collection and get back into the game is huge for me. Because Hearthstone's a game I used to play so often. I really loved. And then I fell out of it. And when I tried to, like, get back into it, it just seemed insurmountable. And they've done a lot of things to help people. There's, like, welcome backpacks. There's twitch drops to get packs. There's all sorts of things to help you get into it. You can buy specific decks on in the game. Uh, There's all these different modes that you can play. So it's not just the cards themselves. But the main bread and butter of Hearthstone has been their uh, their ladder and that's been the hardest thing to get into and this seems like their newest solution and it looks fantastic
0: yeah oh. and generous too i mean you're looking at uh 50 cards from a single pack which is usually five so 10 times the amount of cards if i have that yeah that right i mean i know my math's right but i'm trying to remember if there's like five cards
1: in a pack no no you're right you're right <laughs>
0: okay perfect um and You know, as someone who plays another free-to-play game, Fire Emblem Heroes, like, that's also been running for seven years, I recognize, like, I've been playing since day one and haven't stopped. But something that is critical to the longevity of a free-to-play game is your ability to, that balancing act of, you know, enticing returning players and giving them something that catches them up without alienating uh, existing players, You know, you have to in my mind, you have to offer the same thing to returning players that you offer to um, existing players. And I assume that someone that's been playing every day since launch will be able to buy the same catch up packs. Right. Like it's not like something that's only offered to someone who hasn't booted the game up in two years. Right. Like it's not a
1: that's the trick to it, Yeah, because they're making use of the fact that it's a digital game so that these packs are dynamic. If you have been away from the game forever, you're gonna get you're gonna get these packs when you buy an expansion, or they had some that came with the BlizzCon um, Epic Edition pack that you could buy, right? Mm. And you'll get these you'll get these packs, and if you are caught up, it's not gonna give you as many. You're not gonna fill. uh, You're not gonna. get as many cards out of it you might get as low as like maybe five cards don't quote me on that right but you won't get the 50 cards that somebody's been away from the game will get so it's so it looks at your collection and says okay you're missing 80 percent of the collection let's give you uh, let's give you a lot of cards to to catch you up you're only missing eight cards from the collection no you're not getting as much as the person who genuinely needs this and those packs are not being sold directly. You can't go on the store and buy these packs. They are stuff that comes with other things, right? To entice people back in. So they're not uh, they're not going to have a monetary value d- directly? Oh, okay. Yeah, there's are specifically a a product aimed for a purpose and and they don't give anything else because if they gave the 50 cards to everybody, the people who already have those cards would then dust them uh, and use that to, like, craft out the, s- the stuff and uh, and fill in the holes. The bad luck protection would would kick in and just, like, uh, negate the purpose of buying a regular pack.
0: Okay, so it's not... So, so, yeah, so it sounds like it is one of those things that is um, is targeted to uh, returning players. And as you said, it's dynamic, Um so yeah, and and I think like again it's about finding that balancing act of like and and players that have been playing every day since launch obviously need people to continue playing the game alongside them or else they have no one to play with. So I think players have to appreciate the fact that Blizzard is offering some cool stuff to returning players as well that are and and essentially giving them cards that maybe day-to-day players already have. So it's mm-hmm. not it's not as big a deal, but um I think it's a required mechanic and I think it's something that uh, a lot of free to play games have of like, you know, um, and I know I haven't launched hearthstone in a while, but I know sometimes when I launch the battle.net, uh, launch else they'll, it'll say like, Hey, we gave you like 200 packs. I'm like, Oh, cool. You know, it's like a free gift and that's cause they know I haven't played in, <laughs> in forever, but it's nice to see that they are sort of implementing it into the game and, and, uh, and making it work a little bit better. um, Well, before we get to the big one, uh, Warcraft Rumble is out. They talked about that. It's out. Everyone can play it. Uh, Although as Canadians, we've had the privilege of being able to play it uh, since early October. I don't know, Manny, have you given it a shot?
1: Despite the fact that uh, we in Canada are a test market, uh, my phone is too much of an old brick to play it. Uh So I haven't been playing it, though... I could have just like, you know, used the blue stacks and emulated it and that sort of stuff. I, I just, unfortunately this year has been kind of crazy for me. So I haven't played it, but the other content creators that I talked to have been loving it. I know like two of my, uh, two of my friends have basically not been able to put the phone down. It's been the biggest game that they've been playing in the last little bit. So they've been loving it. And um, I think that's cool. I loved the trailer, the little Anixia one was filled with all this charm and all of the, this, like, heart that's very reminiscent of, like, what they were trying to do with Hearthstone. So, I'm happy to see this. I, I'm i not a mobile game player as well, in, in general. So, it's out there. I hope people enjoy it. But, for me, I, I'm not... I just... I'm going to keep my distance. okay yeah
0: I know when it launched here in Canada I I did play a little bit of it on the tablet and um, you know I think folks need to understand that it is a mobile title so when you go in don't be shocked of like there being shops and special special daily purchases and all that stuff like it's all in there don't be surprised by that and it's been blizzard Blizzard blizzarded out just all over the place in the sense of like yeah character design is really cool but also everything's kind of you got that blizzard tax a little bit uh but there are like special deals and like oh, I'll buy this in the next four hours and you get two footmen it's like oh two um so that's all in there but the gameplay is like it is clash clash royale and I mean if if again if you like clash royale you'll be able to love this if you don't like clash royale this is not gonna change your mind um so you'll have to keep that in mind but it is available now everyone can check it out and it sounds like it'll be another one that Blizzard sort of uh pokes away at i don't see it becoming as big as hearthstone i don't think it is set up for success in that way uh but i feel like it could be something that we see you know content drops for the next couple years depending on how it does and um well you know what let's get to world of warcraft this is the big one uh and do we want to i i don't know look i don't know enough about world of warcraft classic to say like can we just say Cataclysm is their next expansion? Like, or is there more there? Uh, there's more there. Oh, there's more there. Okay.
1: Yeah. Like, it's... Okay, so... The big story that, like, came from this is that... People were like, oh, yeah. Uh, we're gonna expect the same old, same old from BlizzCon. And then, quick, Mr. Mikey comes out and says... No, no, no. World of Warcraft... Has the most news of any of the franchises, and people were like, "Oh, okay. What does that mean?" And so people guessed, like, "Oh, it means this and this." Nobody guessed all of the news coming out about World of Warcraft. It is so much that this section would dwarf previous BlizzCon's in total by itself. So yeah, <laughs> yeah Let's talk ab- a lot. Yeah, let's talk about classic because that's uh, that's the thing. Classic, as you said. Classic Cataclysm is coming soon. They had a cool trailer like they've been doing in the last little bit, like completely pre-rendered uh, stuff that is harkening back to the original cinematics and, uh, and uh, stuff that happened, which was cool. But that is not what stole the show for Classic. Classic is also getting a new mode, much like they've had Season of Mastery, much like they released Hardcore just recently and everybody's been loving Classic Hardcore. They're getting Season of Discovery, which is basically Classic Plus. The old version of Vanilla, but right after you reach level 2, you're going to get these runes. And these runes will switch things up. So you'll have classes that were previously pure damage dealers that can now get these runes and become healers. So you can get Mage Healers, you can get Warlock Tanks, you can switch things up incredibly and these runes are all over the world um they want uh, they're not going to be testing this so everybody's kind of going in blind from what they could learn from what they had as the demo on the show floor and this is actually coming before Cataclysm. this is coming at the end of this month november i want to say like 23rd but like last week of november this is going to hit uh, hit servers and it's super surprising it's something that people have been asking for give us um classic plus forever and now they're delivering on it and it's it's blew blew me away like as a person who doesn't want to play classic because i you know i've played it before i've done that this is something entirely new that i just want to discover
0: and correct me uh World of Warcraft Classic is the same subscription. It's just a, a, a WoW subscription and gets you access to Classic and or the well, whatever Warcraft expansion. Modern, yeah. Yeah.
1: So yep, is it both? Okay. That's correct. Yeah. You can play if you have your WoW sub going, you can play any version of the game assuming that you've bought the expansion for the latest version of the modern uh game.
0: And and like I've never played classic, but like classic, can you when they announce like another like classic expansion with Cataclysm, like can you boot into vanilla classic Burning Crusade classic? Or is it just become that's the new version of classic with Cataclysm? Like, how does that work?
1: So there's like a bunch of splinters or forks of classic. So there's the progression server. So that's the one that will be going on to Cataclysm when they release Cataclysm. And it's currently on Wrath of the Lich King. Mm-hmm. There is the classic servers that are in their seasons, so before Season of Mastery, we're about to get Season of Discovery, right? And I would say that Hardcore Classic is also like that, which they are basically just the vanilla, never go on to BC or any of the expansions, just the original classic with the particular twist, right? And so those yeah. are all the different versions of classic that you get as just part of the sub.
0: Okay. Interesting. I mean, that's really like, again, it's super cool that they're, they're doing that. It's it, again, I know it was like in direct response to um, a community effort to kind of have this like classic emulated um, private server thing. And they, and they said like, Hey, let's, let's, let's do this right. Let's do that. We have, we have and own the copyright to the code. Let's, let's make this work. Um, and like, were some people hoping they wouldn't do Cataclysm? I saw some rumblings on Twitter. They were like, "Oh, uh, are they really going to do Cataclysm? Like, I know Cataclysm wasn't, like, the most beloved expansion, but, like, I... It's an expansion that I remember pretty dearly as, like, man, they're, like, they're going to burn everything down and rebuild the whole world. Like, like, they... I think they were saying, like, they touched, like, every part of World of Warcraft when they made Cataclysm. Like, that was a big deal, you know? Um... So are people upset that they're moving to Cataclysm? Because I know Wrath R- of the Lich King was kind of like, nope, there's no classic after that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those like people have this identity around classic and maybe around themselves as classic players that were that were sort of upset. Uh to the point where Blizzard has heard them and maybe they will create Wrath of the Lich King era servers that won't go beyond Wrath of the Lich King, and you can just stay there playing that little bit, but it's always dangerous when they keep adding in these different v- versions that they splinter their player b- base. So progression servers have continued to progress. And so there's like cataclysm in many people's minds uh, and I think I people could argue this and I would agree with them is the end of what people would consider the classic era, the golden era. The first three, Vanilla, BC, Wrath of the Lich King, makes a trilogy, and that's the classic era. And then beyond that, you start moving into different eras. Like, you know how they talk about the, the Greek eras of the gold era, the bronze era, the the silver era, and all that sort of stuff. It's I think it's that kind of argument that people are like, this is where classic should end. But Cataclysm isn't so hated because right after Cataclysm comes Mr. Pandaria and so many people love Mr. Pandaria that they're like, Yeah, yeah, let's get through this because I wanna play that too. Right.
0: Yeah, and I wonder like where do you stop? Is it Mr. Pandaria? Like I'm
1: like I don't think you stop at this point. I yeah? think that these servers are going to progress and eventually we're gonna be getting um Shadowlands classic at some point. <laughs> uh right maybe it's it's gonna i think it's gonna happen until people are just done with classic entirely uh as long as they can keep it a reasonable length behind whatever they're doing in the modern time and we're going to be talking about the world soul saga soon but that is going to be easier for them to do based on their current plans
0: I wonder, do they roll it over, like say, OK, um, we're we're getting into, you know, uh, Shadowlands territory. Do we roll it all back? And Like, OK, progression, reboot time, Like, because they have all the work done. They just have to, like, roll the server back to 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 vanilla wow and just start from scratch. Like, I wonder if they if that's the next approach of like rewind, you know, and uh,
1: do it all over again that that's definitely an approach and it has been done on private servers where they will have progression usually ending at Lich King on these private servers and then they'll roll it all back and they'll be like vanilla and then they'll do the vanilla stages and then it'll the BC stages and then they'll do the wrath stages and then they'll say okay we're spinning up a new server and this one's going to progress through and so like that that is something some people will enjoy that i think it's an idea that they will start using soon but right now as they constantly have things to progress through um they are continuing along those lines it's just i do think that there is a point where it's people are just like well i've already gone on this train so i think that a lot of the stuff that i like like i was just saying the stuff that i'm interested in is that season of discovery is that uh hardcore uh, hardcore version is that stuff uh that's there and in fact They are adding a mode in Hardcore that more authentically goes with the original Hardcore theory, which is you don't get to trade with other players, you don't get to use the auction house, you have to make it to Cap without any of those sort of uh, social guardrails and help that you, uh, that, uh, you can use on the current Hardcore servers. Because when people were just doing this as a mod for themselves... You couldn't just get handed armor that would help you out. You had to earn that armor yourself. And so they're adding that mode into hardcore. And I think that renews the hardcore servers even further. And so when do you do, when you do this stuff, it's great. They could do a hardcore BC after that, where it's like, okay guys, we're going to open up BC. We're, we're going to also switch to like a vindictive mode, which is like we're, tuning up the difficulty on this stuff, and let's see if you can make it on that. And I think those kind of reworkings of that stuff might keep people more interested than this constant progression to stuff that is going to be, yeah, not as retrospective for people, not as, like, um, rose-tinted glasses, but if they take long enough, everything becomes rose-tinted glasses. When uh, Mr. Pandaria was live... A lot of people were uh, not the biggest fans, and then years later were like, oh man, that was good. In fact, like, BFA, which I'm not the biggest fan of, some people are like, yeah, BFA was pretty good. And some people are even saying Shadowlands wasn't as bad as people give it a rap for. And I'm not even going to, like, justify that argument. But, like, you know what? Time helps all people. There is a lot of room for classic to grow in a bunch of different ways. Classic Plus shows that they are not done experimenting with that, and that actually excites me. for the first time since original Classic, where I was like, "Yeah, I'll dip my toes into it." Classic Plus has been like, "Yeah, I want to dip my toes into that."
0: Cool. Wow, that's really exciting. That's uh, I have not I've not heard a lot about Classic, and I think that um, you know talking about it tonight is is uh, it's really changed my sort of perception on it. So that's that's really cool that they've done a lot. Of, it's not just Hey, play old WoW. They've got their own uh, spin on it, and I'm glad Blizzard's having fun with it too. Because honestly, like they could have just said, "Yeah, here's old WoW. In a year, we'll give you more old WoW." Uh, please subscribe. So it sounds like there's a lot more there uh, happening now. To cap out uh, our our show, we're going to talk about the uh, the announcements made for World of Warcraft proper, uh, which saw the return of Chris Metzen to the stage as executive creative. Uh, Director of the Warcraft universe, not just World of Warcraft, Warcraft universe, although they were very focused on World of Warcraft. Um, There was and then Warcraft Rumble, but there was no there was no Warcraft four. But got to say, as I read through uh, some of these descriptors for what was announced, like uh, definitely some Warcraft three feelings happening uh, in my mind. But (laughs) Metzen, very passionate, very happy to be back. Uh, you could feel it. You could feel it from him on that stage. Uh and he was super stoked to basically announce not one, not two, three uh expansions to World of Warcraft, which is um is unprecedented. They've never done this before. <laughs> it's usually one at a time, and that's what you get. Uh as someone who who continues to play, wow, Manny, like um, how did this feel for you? Like the fact that you're getting like a saga, the world soul saga. Like, uh, are you excited about the next six to 10 years of wow that you, you basically got your roadmap.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of things to like unpack from that. And that, that was what it, what it was. He said he gave this announcement and it was so much to unpack. It was, it was just like, I I've got to rewind. I've got to watch that again. He said, what? It's huge. It's huge. You're right. They've never done this before where they've, Said their plans so far out. But all through BlizzCon, these guys were being so transparent about what their plans were and everything. We said in Overwatch 2, not only did they announce one hero, but they showed the next two heroes. In fact, one that didn't even have a proper name, only had the working name Space Cowboy, right? Um, You had not only the next expansion... Being, uh, being shown, but three expansions out. Them talking about not just like what we're going to be getting next year, but hey, we want to do stuff for the next twenty years. That he was like, hey, we're hitting twenty years. We want to think about the next twenty years more. We want to pull all this stuff and have a clear direction forward. And we're going to be hitting this quicker, uh, quick. So you're going to be getting all of this stuff. And he talked about. All of these plot threads and stuff that had been lingering for years maybe had been causing some misgivings in some of the people who like love the Warcraft lore but were wondering what the hell was going on with these various parts and he wants to pull it all together galvanize it like he's galvanized the writing team and push forward with the World Soul Saga which I consider to be blizzard meets the mcu they've got their trilogy they've got their phases they're going to be hitting all of this in these three expansions which starts with the next one that we're getting next year which is the war within and they set put that cinematic out and who talking about heartfelt cinematics i wow wow <laughs> that I, like i think i'm saying that almost as a pun but no wow no, holy wow. crap
0: I have I have a question. So, as someone yeah. who's been away from the game for a bit, um, what happened to Andrew and Is he
1: okay? He is not okay, my okay. friend. He is not okay. That man needs a therapist, a hug. Uh, what like happened? It, it's, oh,
0: I Don't I don't I really don't understand. I was like, he last got, time I saw him, he wasn't like happy, but like he certainly wasn't like this unhappy. Like,
1: no, something this, happened. He's scarred. He's scarred. Okay. He's he got he got violated like his his free will got stripped away just flat out and okay. with his own hands as being basically a puppet on strings he committed atrocities he saw atrocities he stole the free will of, of people he fought his own friends uh and yeah he was just like i i can't be around anybody and took off and then we had a five-year time skip and then we had the next expansion And I don't know how much time has passed between the end of Dragonflight that we're going to be uh, dealing with coming up. Because uh, because as we're recording this, the final major patch has just gone live. But there's space between that and what we're going to be getting in the first of the World Saga, this War Within. So... One of the things that they were saying was bringing back these heroes that people have been wanting to come back. So we're seeing Thrall, who is like the original leader of the horde when we started uh, World of Warcraft 20 years ago. We have Anduin, who's been MIA for at least half a decade and at this point more uh, in game time, right? Coming, uh, coming back in, and they talked about all these other characters that are uh, that are coming back as we go through into the f- into the future. So yeah, Anduin isn't okay. Thrall himself, despite the fact that he was offering comfort, has had his share of struggles, and that's the double meaning of the war within. It's not just the heroes going into the into the center of Azeroth and the war within the world. It's also the war within themselves. Hmm.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And, uh, Valeria is also playing a part in this one too. I saw her popping up in, uh, some key art and stuff.
1: Yeah. She is the third of the trio. Uh, she wasn't shown in that trailer, but she was shown in a gameplay trailer. She has a connection with the big bad that they were teasing. Um, That has, like, a history in the World of Warcraft, but dating back to, like, World of Warcraft Legion, um, which in itself is roughly eight years? No, probably longer. Like, a long time ago. Uh, yeah. We got to Legion when Zeltath was first introduced. She's returned a couple of times back in uh, BFA. She she came back and took on a new form, disappeared. She was teased a little bit in Dragonflight, just this last uh, last expansion, and now she's back in Force. And her and Alaria are gonna have an interesting relationship. Nobody knows exactly how it's going to turn out in, outside of Blizzard because, like I said, Blizzard has been doing a really good job uh, about uh, keeping things close to the chest. But she's going to be leading us against the new enemy forces that she uses the same powers as, uh, that they do. And again, okay. hmm. like it's, it, it's just another war within because she's torn between her nature and her fighting for Azeroth and the Void, which is this big corrupting force that's been working against her.
0: Hmm. And it's interesting because so War Within uh, send players to the subterranean kingdom Nerubian Empire, which again, like reminds me of um, uh, Warcraft three Frozen Throne. You had the spider, uh, the the sort of the the Nerubian spider units for the undead. That's sort of the same idea. It's those uh, that those folks, right?
1: It is the same race, but these are the ones that didn't fall to the Lich King. These are the the uh, the. Big, uh, the big bads who have faced against like the Nurbians are an ancient race who have faced against how many different enemies, and these are the survivors of the the all those wars. So they're there, but they're also getting they've made a deal with uh, Zalatath to like be mutated to get this like strange dark evolution they called it to be even worse than they were before. Perfect. <laughs>
0: well great that's great that sounds like we're going to be having a grand old time in the war within um and they're targeting uh late 2024 or is this something we're going to see in in mid 2024 how what are they what are they They targeting
1: fall 2024 so we're seeing like like i would say q3 but q3 can start as early as like late august um i would suspect that if they get everything that they want we'll see this in september
0: Interesting. Cool. Well, that sounds like a good a good time. Um the next one they announced was uh Midnight. Just Midnight. That's that's what they call it. Not just Midnight. It's called Midnight. midnight. World of Warcraft Midnight, uh, a return to the old world sending players to the fabled lands of Quel'Thalas to battle the forces of the void. So again continuing that battle uh against the void. Um Quel'Thalas, we haven't been there before? That wasn't something that was in Burning Crusade. No, we save. have. We have have. been
1: there in Burning Crusade. You are correct on that reference. That is the uh, the well. They used to be high elves. They became the blood elves back in Warcraft three. That is their place. There's been a lot of history there. That is where Arthas had like torn a big scar across the land and had raised the the first Lich um, up. That is where Sylvanas became the Banshee Queen. There's mm-hmm. so much lore there. And not only are they, we dealing with the Blood Elves, but they are reuniting all of these uh, elf all these elf tribes that we've had over the course of the game. So we've seen the Nightborn, We've seen the night elves, which are a separate faction. The blood elves themselves got fractured into high elves, blood elves, and void elves. And all of those guys are going to be coming back together. The void is attacking the strongest source of light on Azeroth, which is the Sunwell. Well,
0: mm-hmm. okay. Um, now I, not to go back, but, Have they announced any, like, new races, new classes for... I assume they're just focusing on War Within in terms of, like, mechanics outside, like, a quick byline, right?
1: So the War Within has both a new allied race, which is the Earthen, which are these um, Titan-aligned dwarves that, uh, that are, like, basically, instead of flesh, they're made from stone. Okay. And this is a splinter group that was separated from... Uh, from all of these titan facilities that we've seen thus far, but are very much so involved with the doctrines of the titans. And that's going to be important when we go into the, uh, to the third part. And so they're going to be our new allied race. Um, This is going to be the first time that dwarves are going to be on both sides of the faction wall. They've always been alliance thus far. And on top of that, we're also getting not a new class, but new subclasses, they are basically uh, hero level classes of our the classes that exist. So World of Warcraft has something like 13 classes now, and then these subclasses are going to be talents that you can choose for different specializations within those classes that will further customize them. So to take a, an example, I play Shaman. And shamans can be a ranged magic wielder, which is elemental. They can be a melee um, fighter that like enhances their weapons with the elements, and also uh, calls upon storms and stuff. And that's enhancement. Or they can use like the healing power of nature and, and water to like support their allies, and that's restoration. And so what happens now is that once you get to these new levels and new content, you can further learn to become like a farseer shaman, a stormbringer shaman, or a totamic shaman to enhance your abilities so that not only will you heal with your with your own abilities, but you will use this totamic might to further in uh, increase your healing or increase your damage if you choose that as a damage dealer. And that's what they're doing. These sub classes within the classes that will be uh, going forward in, um, in the war within. Cool.
0: So yeah, a lot, obviously lots of the stuff got uh, detailed and stuff. So that's, that's really interesting. I wonder if, um, so like if, if they're focusing on loss, you know, it might be a safe bet that they introduce like a new uh, elf, race that you could uh create characters as. They do have um the Allied races, right? I think they had they added a couple, like the Nightborn and the Void Elves. I'm I'm way out of Warcraft, I really I you don't,
1: don't have know. That. The Nightborn was okay. one of the original ones that they they introduced back in Legion. We are going back to Legion again. Uh since uh, since then they've introduced other ones like the Dark Iron Dwarves that came in BFA. Uh the the that BFA had the last of the allied races that we got before the last full-on race, which is the Evokers, which are these, like, think of them as Dragonkin, half-Draconic um, a draconic race, but they start at a much higher level than the other races up until we get into uh, the War Within, which they're going to be brought in that they'll start with all the other allied races at level 10.
0: Okay interesting and uh, we have our last expansion here which is world of warcraft the last titan Uh, as we head to the wintry lands of northrend where players will bear witness to the titans of azeroth uncovering a vast conspiracy that stretches throughout the history of the world and reveals the true nature of the titans finally i remember when i played world of warcraft right from launch there was the Titans, Alduar, and all that stuff. And I remember talking to my friends, like, "What does this mean? What are the Titans? Are we ever going to learn more?" Twenty years later, well, I guess twenty five years later, we're finally going to figure it out. It's almost uh, as if Blizzard's like, "You know, this is going to be a twenty five year story." Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's interesting. And and again, returning to Northrend, I, I mean, if you look at this at this trilogy of expansions, it really is the how do we take World of Warcraft and and kickstart it? And I think it is Warcraft Three. Like you've got Quel'Thalas, you've got the Nerubian Empire, you have Northrend. I mean, come on, Northrend! Like everyone's gonna be is is can't wait for this one. Everyone loved Northrend. I didn't know the Titans had a big deal there though. I didn't know that.
1: Oh yeah, no, no. Ulduar is the quintessential titan facility it's not the first uldum was in vanilla that was a titan facility ulduar we we got when we went up to uh northrend that was the big big one um we've had different uh titan facilities as we've gone through expansions in this in uh this uh, dragonflight we've come across uh oh man ulduris it's it's no, more commonly known as uh, Tearhold. I don't require. I don't remember the exact uh, name for it. In Battle for Azeroth, we had Uldir, which is not to be confused with Ulduar. It's a separate uh, facility. But we have been going around these different Titan facilities throughout. How many different expansions? And the Titans have always been like seemingly the good guys, but. More recently, we've been sort of seeing that like, they might have m- motives that they haven't been sharing with us. And so now, at the end of this trilogy, all of that is going to come to light. And this isn't something that you're going to be seeing, like we were talking about, like, oh, the next 20 years. This isn't something that they're plotting out for the next 20 years. Uh, Maria Hamilton had said that this trilogy should conclude by 2030. So that's six years, which means an expansion every other year, every two years we'll get a new expansion and they're just going to be hitting it super fast. And that's going to be, that's going to be, it makes for such a big, um, time for world of Warcraft players. I'm super excited.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, you know, it's funny you say 2030, it feels so far away, but really like six years, that makes sense. Like an expansion every other year, I feel like was always blizzard's goal uh and they they didn't always hit it and 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 whatnot it's a lot of content and they and they want to do it right but um it's really cool that they've uh that they've detailed this stuff i i i'm really i'm really excited to see where it goes and and again like it's been a while since i've heard wow fans like truly really excited um about uh about you know a section of content coming up. I know wow. Fans are always excited about more wow content because they like, wow. But this world soul saga seems like it's going to try to take the story and run with it. And, and also like address some of the stuff that's kind of been sitting vacant for a while. Like there's a giant sword in the planet. I can't believe that, what that's been there for a couple expansions, right? Like,
1: yep. Yeah. It's the end of Legion.
0: (laughs) Really? Wow. Okay. Legion. So like, it's just sitting there. No one thought to go check that.
1: Maybe? It was the it was the big push for um, BFA, mm-hmm. but they didn't. But like we sort of like it started a bunch of things. We dealt with all the things that it started, but never came back to the sword itself. Uh, so it's,
0: it's <laughs> well, that's right. It was um, BFA was. The, I do remember the sword, uh, and it was the beginning of the expansion. It was your relic or it was your necklace, the Heart of Azeroth, and you had yeah, to deal okay. with the
1: wounds, champion. <laughs>
0: I remember some stuff battle for Azeroth was the last one that I, that I played. And uh, yeah, that's so funny. So the sword was there. We used it once and we thought like, well, this is here now, you know, it's kind of like in the MCU at the end of the internals. It's like, well, there's just a giant hand sticking out of the ocean. It's all good.
1: Nobody ever mentions in any of the other stuff. What the hell? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Unless you watch like the deep cuts, uh, Disney plus stuff. And it's like, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, a like an advertisement on a blog post that, that one of the characters is reading
1: yeah. or
0: something, nothing crazy, but, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for wow. I'm excited to see where this goes. And, uh, I'm excited that honestly people are excited about wow and talking about it in a, in a, in a fun and, um, delighted way. So, uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, look forward to more, WoW content on For Azeroth. I meant to talk about this at the top of the WoW segment, but you've got not one, but two episodes. You have your, your BlizzCon overview episode that you uh, did earlier this week. It's up on the feed, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, that is out. That just came out today. And then I'm also... Rec- that one covered the World Soul Saga in general. Just okay. our first sort of, like, um, looks at it. And we didn't even touch uh, the War Within... In particular, that I'm going to be sitting down with Multizord this uh, Thursday. So that will be uh, going through the war within and we'll be going through all like the mechanics and the cool stuff that they're doing because it really feels like Blizzard is like, what's going to make our players happy? What's going to make this game like the most enjoyable and easy to play and not super frustrating? and And like, if you really want to get a little bit more into the nitty gritty and the details, do check that out.
0: Perfect. Yeah. So it sounds like we went into like the high level details. It sounds like you're going to really get into it for the war within, uh, on for Azeroth. So definitely check that out. If you're a a wow nerd and want to learn way, way more about what they announced at BlizzCon, um, prepare for a war within deep dive on for Azeroth this week. Uh, so look forward to that. Um, that's going to do it for our show. If you want to jump into the conversation, go to Discord or TGI Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. And uh, before we head out, Manny, why don't you let everybody know uh, where they can find your content and your thoughts online?
1: Yeah, if you want to find me, you can find me everywhere as True Villain Manny. That's true without the E. I'm on Blue Sky Twitter or X or whatever they're calling it now, TikTok everywhere as true villain Manny. Again, true without the E.
0: There you go. True villain Manny. Check it out. Uh, that is going to do it for this episode. Visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter. You can find Jocelyn at JossPlays, plays myself at our Murphy. Manny at true villain Manny without the E on true. Uh, and don't forget to follow the show at the gamers in. Manny, thank you so much for being on the show. It's always a delight to have you on here to talk about uh, Blizzard and Warcraft. And um, I live vicariously through you when it comes to WoW. I see all your tweets uh, popping up and I, and I get to learn what's going on in the game, even though I had no idea what was going on with Anduin. That's uh, I feel bad for Anduin. I didn't realize he's been struggling uh, for the last couple of expansions. So hopefully Thrall can help him out soon but uh i really appreciate you being on the show and 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 helping us uh unpack all this blizzard news
1: it has been a pleasure thank you again for having me on
0: thank you so much for staying at the gamers Inn. tune in next week and enjoy some blizzard content